So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Otaku Topic Podcast. Uh, it's your boy Mike Shift. I'm here with my good friend Ipsium. Um, he's I don't I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with him, but um, in the dubstep world, he's uh he's released on Subsidia, uh, which is um Excision's um new label. He's one of the um. If you don't know Excision, he's one of the top dogs in the um, dubstep world, and it's it's a, it's a notable achievement. Um, and he's also released on Rushdown, uh, Possible Records, which is what I released on, and he's got a release coming with Wellbreakers. Um, so excited to have him here. Um, he's just like me; he's he has some um, interest in the anime. He what you got it? Um, anything you wanted to introduce about yourself? Anything? Um, I I missed. Uh, no, I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah, other than I'm a Canadian dude. So yeah. Probably most people are probably American listening to this, but yeah, I'm from Canada, so that's probably the only other thing. <laughs> so what what's, what was your first like uh, dive into the anime world? What was your first movie or TV show? My first TV show was Yu-Gi-Oh! I used to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was really, really, really young because... Back when I was in, I think it was in grade one, the trading cards were going around a lot in yeah. school. And then I remember watching the commercials for the anime and I was like, oh, they've got a show about it. So I'm going to watch that and watched it, loved it. Uh, I used to go, uh, they had like the Yu-Gi-Oh movie, which I distinctly remember me and my brother went to. And they were giving away like a Blue Eyes Ultimate card. And they were also giving away like the little pink dude. I forget his name, but. There's a few cards they were giving away at the time, and the Blue Eyes Ultimate was the one you wanted, and that was the uh, one I got, and I was excited. Oh wow, <laughs> this is pretty cool. Yeah, that was my. That's kind of my introduction to it. Um, as is probably usual with a lot of people, it's I find that it's either Dragon Ball Z, Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Dragon Ball Z guy. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I had some interest in Yu Gi Oh. I was I didn't I didn't watch it regularly. I want to say I caught a little bit of it, but um, I was into the cards. I was I I used to uh, there used to be the kids at football games, and they would they would play with the cards. And I always thought like you could there was some way you could like get the the monsters to pop out. And so mm. the dude had a dick and everything. I just I just thought they didn't know what they was doing. <laughs> but uh, so do would you do you think um do you think anime has influenced how you approach music or like anime music Japanese? style anime use music without a doubt i it's kind of weird because after Yu-Gi-Oh and i i did the the trifecta i call it so i started with Yu-Gi-Oh. i also watched a bit of dragon ball z and i watched a few of the pokemon series um after that trifecta i kind of fell out of it for a bit but during like my high school years i i've always loved anime artwork so like I remember back when I first discovered EDM music, the artwork that was used most common in the backgrounds of the videos was anime art. And I used to absolutely love it. And, and a lot of the music was very anime themed, like anime remixes, anime ideas and whatnot for the early EDM music and 2000s realm. And a lot of the Japanese influenced EDM was very fast and very like, happy sounding and i yeah. always like my one of my favorite styles of um edm music is very upbeat super cheesy happy melodies and that was where i got a lot of it from so it's definitely influenced my my music as well as like 
usually when I'm thinking of an image in my head, when I'm listening to my, to a song that I'm working on, I'll usually think of some sort of anime themed thing. Usually. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 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 that's good. Cause I, I you know, I, I feel that like I have like, um, um, I say I, I'm influenced by it too a little bit, mostly because of like, um, the video games. I played a lot of, um, you know, um, even Mario, even though it's not anime, it was like Japanese composers. So, yep. so that style, like the way they write, um, I say like the thing that sticks out for me with me with anime music is like these chord progressions. Like their pop is, I feel like they're like was in general like what what's cliche to them is like jazz to us almost. Like because they're um they're usually doing like these um complex so, progressions. I, I would say. I remember I. Back when I was doing my chibi project, I studied really hard Japanese pop composition, so J-pop. Um, and American pop and K-pop fall into the category of four chords and repeating those four chords. K-pop will occasionally go into a raised seventh or like a dominant fifth chord, which you don't usually hear those in American pop, but you hear them all the time in K-pop. In Japanese music, it's 16 chords. Yeah, so it's a 16 bar phrase usually or 16 to 32 bars and the chords span for all that length. So what we usually consider a phrase in the modern American music is four bars. So you get a four bar melody with a four bar chord progression and that repeats over and over and over and over and over again. And then usually four, four, four. So you have three. And then on the last four bars is where you add a little bit of variation. They call it A, B, A, C or whatever. But in Japanese music, it. 16 bars is a phrase rather than four so it's a lot like when you listen to the music it kind of takes you on a longer journey because that's composed and it's really it's really really neat to listen to yeah i I love it it's like it's like life i feel like it represents like especially like you go into like these major progressions and then you go in at seven three ones to kind of like and it's, it's like a sad moment, and then it starts going up. I can't even yep. think of the um, I can't think of my Nashville <laughs> number from there. But like, like I'd say, like a one, two, three, four, maybe or something like that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I love I love the stuff. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> there are some very common chord progressions in Japanese that do follow the four chord, and that's the four, five, three, six chord progression. I don't know if you've heard that one, but if you listen to a lot of anime intro music, oh yeah, yeah, you know, that's like never gonna give you up, right? Yep, exactly. That's the same chord progression, uh, four, five, three, six, in a major key. So, and Virtual Riot, by the way, uses this chord progression a lot in his melodic music as well. Get into like your music and stuff too. Like I remember you used to be um chibi and I see it like mm-hmm. it's funny. I, I saw it like on my di- on my um when I do my Zoom call, I saw your name, it was Chip. So I was like, yep. um, so um what what went into like um how would you say you like um I guess how does Chibi start and then how did you like progress into like Ipsy and how you wanted to mm-hmm. like differentiate yourself? So I was making music as Novacore, which was already a very anime-esque inspired name because i i got it from a name generator but i liked the idea of nova because a lot of night core music back then used nova a lot in the names and same with the word core because night core yeah which was usually just associated with anime i never liked night core music because i was like this is just regular music sped up but i liked the word night core and i liked the art around it but so that's kind of where i got that name from And then someone copyrighted me 
because they're like, hey, I'm I own a Nightcore channel and I'm Novacore and I'm gonna go after you legally and blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, you're stealing music anyway, but you know, <laughs> I don't want this fight, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dip. And already I was listening to a lot of uh, Ujiko Snail's House, um, a Moe Shop, like a lot of that oh, music. Yeah. Um, and then I started joining this kind of community there. Uh, Cynthion as well and uh, even some of similar outskirts of stuff uh, very very like cutesy Japanese anime inspired stuff and I was listening to a lot of that and I'm like you know what let's do a project I'm going to do a test run I, the Chibi project was specifically made to be a test I wanted to experiment with composition and I wanted to see how well the project would do if I commissioned art for every release so I commissioned new anime art every single time I release something and then right around the time when I made my collaboration with Asora, um, Landon, his manager, got a hold of me and he was thinking about adding me onto his roster. And he goes, look, man, like Chibi's a neat name. You got some good imaging, but you may want to think about changing your name because it's uh, there's Chibs out there already in yeah. the dumb stuff world. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been thinking about doing the name change and then at the time my music had started to slowly this was like in and near end of 2019 so last year um my music had slowly started to become more bass music more dubstep so i'm like it's just a natural transition so i'm like what the hell can i call myself so i remember this line of code in a computer virus that i had um back when i was about 12 or 13 when i got my first computer and it was the word ipsium and i'm like Let's see if anyone took this name yet, and no one did, so I took it. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> it's it's cool. That's cool. I, I never really like. I never really got the whole story with it, but I, you know, I, I I've noticed because I like I followed. I want to say I followed you like a year before that, or a couple months before that happened. So, was, I was looking through your discography, and I was like, this art looks really good, and it's like I, I'm figuring like he probably had got like um you probably like you said you commissioned for each one. Yep. I got you. At the time, I wasn't in a relationship, and like I was making uh, around the time when I started the Chibi project, I got a new job and I was making a lot of money under my manager. So I'm like, I'm gonna spend a little bit of it and really expand my project a bit. So the artwork that I commissioned was about sixty bucks a pop. So every uh, single time you saw an uh, an artwork, that was about sixty dollars to commission. Um, but then getting into a relationship and then my job stopped paying me as well. Um, I had to stop commissioning artwork. So I had to figure out a way how to do it myself. I can't draw. Yeah. So I can only really do graphic designy stuff. So I, <clears throat> it was just a natural transition. It's cool though. Like you're like the stuff you've done now, like it really works. Um, I, I, I commissioned, some stuff too, like with um, I think Paper Skies. Well, yeah, I know Paper Skies. Yeah, he's done some of some of the uh, the stuff I did earlier this year. And similar to me, I, I don't get as much. Similar to you, I don't get yep. a, as much income. So now I'm just trying to like figure out different ways. I'm trying to. I think I'm trying to really stick with labels for a little bit uh, until I get um back up on that. But um, exactly. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's the only reason why I release music with labels is so they could take care of the artwork. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd go self-release for literally everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um. So okay, yeah, we can get into the Ghibli stuff now. So mm -hmm. um, I, I see that uh, you told me that you're a really um big Ghibli fan. Um, I've watched um 
what did I watch? Spirited Away and uh, my neighbor, uh, Totoro. Yep. yep. Those are, uh, I would say, like, it's it's really weird. I only just got into Studio Ghibli because, well, like, through university, I, I loved the Makoto Shinkai movies, which those were, um, one of the words that I figured out was, after watching Spirited Away for the first time and watching the train scene, um, they the word that they were commonly using for the train scene on the internet was the word ma, which essentially means like in anime, it's like just kind of like a drawn out sequence where it is integral to the story, but it's something that's just kind of there. It's nothing. It's space where in most American movies, there's no space to breathe in between sequences where you're watching someone just drive in a car saying nothing like that whole train seat had no dialogue and spirited away. It was like, I think it was like f- two or three minutes long of just driving. And, but that was what the Makoto Shinkai movies were a lot of ma in those movies. A lot of, uh, while, while it wasn't really driving the story as much, it was a lot of sequences where you could just kind of breathe in the artwork. And I really loved that. Um, and I was always hesitant on touching the studio Ghibli stuff because I watch videos and everyone, I'm this way when it comes to everything. Anytime someone puts top number one on anything, I go, I automatically want to hate it. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but I go, Oh, this is the best anime ever. I go, okay, I'm going to go into this thinking I'm not going to like it. And I remember seeing screenshots of Spirited Away. And I was like, this just looks like characters regurgitated onto a screen, like a whole bunch of different random creatures. And then when I watched it, I was like, I love this. This is awesome. (laughs) And then I kind of binged all of Studio Ghibli stuff um, within like a couple week period. Uh, after watching Spirited Away and Spirited Away, it is my favorite out of all the Studio Ghibli stuff. But like Howl's Moving Castle is probably a close second. I got you. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like I'm, I almost want to say I'm, not, I'm I was kind of the same way, or at least kind of skeptical of like how how quality it is. And I still like I probably still like I didn't. Now that you mentioned this, my concept, like I didn't really um get that. I didn't. That's the first time hearing about this. So mm-hmm. I now that I like um. I did a little research. I watched one video and it was talking about how like um each uh movie was like uh, um was like uh the animation style that have like they'll do things to make it feel like a believable world. Like you would have people having real conversations, real mannerisms with their hands and stuff like that. And um just um neat stuff is animation wise and it's um yeah, I I can I can I can definitely appreciate that part of it. But that's uh that's the thing about Studio Ghibli. Like when you compare it to Makoto Shinkai stuff, I know this is gonna sound really weird because of the subject matter of some of Makoto Shinkai's movies, but it seems almost like you can relate to them on a real life perspective. Like, especially when you're watching like my favorite Makoto Shinkai film, even though it's probably I think it's his shortest one, is uh Garden of Words. That one's like there's no superpowers, there's no supernatural, nothing. It's just two people live in their lives. And um, I really like that movie because it's so relatable to actual real life. There's no supernatural, nothing. And the nice thing about Ghibli films is it's all fantasy. It's like you can get lost in these worlds that they create in, in the Ghibli films. And a lot of them are really inspired by Japanese folklore. So 
while the Makoto Shinkai stuff, you can enjoy them on a more universal level from country to country to country um, because there's not really any as many cultural things in those movies as the uh, Studio Ghibli stuff, which is very inspired by Japanese kind of folklore. But the Ghibli stuff, you can really get lost into the imagery, I find at least. Shoot, I, I don't know where to go for that. That was pretty good. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, like so. Um, anything else you kind of think of with these Makoto films? Because these are my first time hearing. These are actually my first time hearing of those. Oh, okay. I'm definitely, and I'm definitely kind of. I do kind of take to certain like slice of life or like realistic type of things because it's like things I can like get my mother like a trick, not not tricker, but like get into Mm -hmm. like interested in anime (laughs) and get it like um any like body that's not um an anime fan into it. So the Makoto Shinkai movies, um. For someone who's never seen any, the best way that I could describe his movies is look up anime wallpaper. And the first probably 10 to 15 options are probably from Makoto Shinkai movies. Like um, The Place Promised in Our Early Days. Um, that one had so many backgrounds that people use. Five centimeters per second is another one. Um, and then you've got The Garden of Words, which every lo-fi hip-hop song uh, back in 2018 like if you're looking at a lot of um lo-fi hip-hop videos from a couple of years ago where they used anime kind of imagery of like rain and whatnot it was more than likely garden of words that they were using for like the gifs and the images and whatnot for that and then you've got your name which is number one grossing anime of all time anime movie and then you've got weathering with you which just came out uh last year so all of those movies are again if you like anime art if you're like i love the beauty of it these are must watch movies because the art will completely blow you away um i think your name nor your name is definitely on my list i i don't know if we might even try to do it on a podcast because we did a silent voice um a silent voice is really good um i would say it's kind of it's it's depressing um It's uh, the most comparable Makoto Shinkai film I could compare to that is five centimeters per second because that one is also depressing. But um, in terms of imagery, a silent voice is also beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. The the food, if you, if you got that good food, it just look like you can actually eat <laughs> like <laughs> like this this week when there this when you're in the ballpark. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to see Garden of Words. Then you there's some scenes in Garden of Words where they're cooking like ramen and stuff, and it's like oh. I want to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, um, uh, yeah, we kind of dig, we kind of touched on it, but like, what anime would you like, like, definitely, definitely re- recommend to somebody who hasn't watched anime before? It depends on what that person's taste is, I guess. Um, when it comes to movies, I genuinely believe that the Makoto Shinkai films are probably the easiest to swallow, um, for people of all ages, um. Except for five centimeters per second, because that one's sad, but um, it's still a fantastic movie. But the other ones, I guess, like the Ghibli films as well are good for kids. Like Spirited Away is one that I would I would show like a younger a younger child to potentially get them into anime. But if you're looking at TV series, I usually go with like the go to's like Code Geass which was my first uh, anime TV series outside of the trifecta of Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, <laughs> and Yu-Gi-Oh! that I watched. And I somewhat enjoyed it. But 
I would say Code Geass if someone's never watched anime before and wants an easy to swallow TV series, that would be the one that I would I would suggest. The, uh, I think that's the second time I heard that one being like a, a recommended, and that's the one with the uh, robots, like the, the guy yeah. can control the robot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to check that one out. This uh, um, that I this apparently this from from the, uh, hearing it so much that would probably be like a um a landmark anime to watch. So I'm probably add that to the list. Uh, right, right, right under the Makoto films, but um, yeah, Makoto films are. If you like slice of life, they're a definite. You, you like, you gotta watch those. Um, I guess other anime TV shows. I really don't like recommending these, but if you don't have access to the games, this is gonna be your only opportunity to watch them. Is the Persona TV yeah. series? So, um, the Persona Four Golden animation, particularly, I actually enjoyed it. I know a lot of people like to hate on the Persona animes, especially Persona 5, but the Persona 4 Golden animation wasn't too bad. And if you like Slice of Life mixed with a little bit of shenanigans in there, that one's that one's pretty enjoyable. And then for the more seasoned person who like like they viewed anime before, the number one TV series, and I recommend this to literally everybody, is Wotakoi Love is Hard for Otaku. That is an amazingly funny slice of life romance comedy anime it's, like it's, i suggest it to everybody wow it's like my alley right there like low-key um i actually do watch a lot of action and a lot of um but mm. i do I, I do watch um I, I love like the romance every now and then i've yeah. seen um this isn't like your typical romance of like oh i love you oh we're far apart no this is there's no lovey-dovey about it it's comedy 100 percent through and through it's so different to any of the other like animes that I've watched. It's so well written. Like it's a very enjoyable watch. I'm definitely um adding that to the list. See, I'll just go go through, I'll just go go through this <laughs> recorded and just like oh jot jot write everything down. Yeah. So what would you say is your favorite anime opening? Uh I'm gonna go unoriginal here just because I love the song so much. Neon Genesis Evangelion. I don't care. I love the song. <laughs> it's catchy as hell. Even with the memes. I love it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to check that one out. So I, I guess this, uh, um, I don't know how to kind of fit this question in, but I just thought of it. Um, I don't, have you heard of the, um, uh, virtual, um, uh, excuse me, uh, music producer VTubers. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was interesting. I haven't like um I, I saw one video. I couldn't understand it because it was all Japanese. Yeah. But I think that's interesting that people are kind of getting into that. And I have you I, I I thought about um recently, I thought about maybe like doing a um get somebody to like do like cut it like a cutout animation of me, like do like an anime version of me and like have it like uh just kind of move around and talk. So just in case if I don't feel like getting a haircut or, or I can't get a haircut in this pandemic stuff, sometimes um it would be kind of like uh, a second option. But um I do want to get into like um uh videos sometime or another. But like um do you have mm -hmm. any um like are are you are you thinking about doing anything like with YouTube or anything like that yourself? I have thought about <laughs> it's funny because I've written a couple of really long essays about youtube that 
have been sourced in a lot of social media books back when I was in university. So what a lot of doctors were doing, because I was kind of one of the first people to really analyze the YouTube algorithm. Huge. Oh, wow. So I know how to grow a successful channel on YouTube. It's just, I, I, I'm, it's weird. I got all the ideas on my head of what I would love to do. It's just time. And I freaking hate video editing with a passion. <laughs> oh my God. Every time I open up Premiere, I'm like, I, I hate my life right now. But I would love to do something with YouTube. I just can't. I just need to get better at video editing to the point where I don't want to hurt people when I open up Premiere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to get into that one. I use everything else. Everything I use, I movie and video leap. I like video leap because you can actually do like keyframes. You can do greens, mm-hmm. cool green screen movements and stuff like that. Um, but I do want to get into Premiere because I maybe like so I can like work with other people because it's like it's like industry standard. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly industry standard to be honest because of After Effects because. Final Cut, I actually really enjoy as an editing software, but using After Effects with it is a pain in the butt. So nice thing about Premiere is you can use After Effects and Premiere simultaneously, like going back and forth seamlessly. Uh, like you can import something from After Effects into Premiere directly. It's super easy. So if you like using After Effects, which for many things is industry standard, Premiere is kind of what you got to use, unfortunately, unless you want to jump through all kinds of hoops just to be able to use After Effects. But that's that's essentially why like I I like After Effects. It's a good software, but I hate Premiere. Um, and that's that's essentially how it works. So if you if you're looking at video software to really level up your productions, After Effects and Premiere. But depending on what you're doing, you might not even need that. I got you. Yeah, it's definitely like I wanna I wanna get into it sometime or another. And just like even you know more skills, the more bills paid. Yeah, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> well, I uh, I can't even tell you enough. Like in the artist world right now, and I and this is what's bugging me the most about how I hate video editing because I know I could take advantage of it. Artists in music right now are not utilizing YouTube, and they really should be because your guy SoundCloud is very cl- crowded right now. Spotify playlists are very crowded right now. Everybody's being bombarded with all this music. YouTube is a ghost town right now, especially for EDM and the EDM channels that are up right now for the most part, like the personality EDM channels suck. (laughs) So there's a lot of room right now in the YouTube space to really potentially grow as a YouTuber and an artist in the EDM world. It's very, very, very possible and can definitely be done within probably a year to two years time. You could get probably a hundred thousand subscribers by doing the right thing. Yeah. Especially if you got like songs people like already. Yeah, exactly. Like eliminates killing it on YouTube. He's like one of the only dudes taking advantage of it and he's shredding it. If he was more consistent with his uploads, he'd get more subscribers, but um he he's one example who's killing it ray volpe as well would be killing it if he was more consistent with his uploads yeah but, i mean they're they're really busy artists so i'm not really surprised yeah i, I definitely like want to get back into it i just want to do it right i want to get you know get out of my ducks in a row so to speak and mm-hmm. skills and like um just how i'm gonna execute and stuff like that but like like i said like everybody's it's, it's hectic in this time with the pandemic and stuff but um 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this. I think he, we 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 kind of blazed through my itinerary, but um, <laughs> anything anything you um uh, anything you want to plug? Um, you can follow me pretty much everywhere at Ipsium, like you uh, SoundCloud, Twitter, Instagram. My usernames are always at Ipsium. Twitch is official Ipsium because some asshole with zero subscribers took that name. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, you can follow me pretty much anywhere of those places. Um, I've got my Railbreakers release dropping in a couple days, which by the time Whoa. this comes out, it'll probably be out. Um, and I've got one release to kick the year off if I can get these visuals done. And it's a big boy. It's a big one. Ooh, love to see it. Well, um, thanks for thanks for um, chatting, coming on to the podcast. Um, and I hope y'all enjoyed this video. Um, so y'all have a blessed day.